0: Shadows appealed peeled from ancient stone walls by shaking candlelight. Swords, white gloves, aprons, a mysterious chalice. All that Freemason shit. Also, this is a flashback, so just pretend that it says 15 years ago or something like that at the bottom of the screen. There are three degrees a Mason can obtain along their journey. Entered Apprentice, Fellowcraft, and Master Mason. At each level, a Mason Initiate will learn new secrets about the Freemason Brotherhood. But first, they must swear their loyalty to protecting these secrets.
1: I solemnly promise to guard all the secrets I learn here Binding myself under no less a penalty than that of having my throat cut from ear to ear, my tongue torn out by its roots, and with my body buried in the rough sands of the sea, should I ever knowingly or willingly violate this, my most solemn obligation, as a Master Mason? <clears> hmm <throat> What? D- did I forget something? Possibly. Throat cut ear to ear, buried in the sea, tongue torn out by its roots. What did I miss? Having my left breast torn open... Right, right, got Furthermore. it. Furthermore! <clears> should I just jump back in where I left off, or should we run it all back to the beginning? Furthermore! <laughs> just picking up where I left off... Having my left breast torn open, my heart taken dense and given to the vultures of the air... Having my body severed in twain, my bowels taken dense and with my body burned to ashes and those ashes scattered to the four winds so that there might remain no trace nor remembrance, should I ever knowingly or willingly violate this, my most solemn obligation as a master mason.
2: Who here has a question to ask this stone?
1: If you see an owl, then... I will warn the owl of any danger.
2: I appreciate your enthusiasm, initiate, but please allow your brother to ask the entire question before responding. Get level. Right. Apologies. Level. Let us continue. Who else here has a question to ask this stone?
1: If a mason were missing, where would you hope to find him? Between the square and compass. And why there? Because by acting on one, he would be sure to be found within the other.
0: Who tried to cut your throat with the two-foot rule?
1: The first assassin.
0: Where were you when that fella tried to cut your throat?
1: At the south gate. What does a beehive tell you? To be industrious.
0: Which gate did they carry you out when they carried you to the trash pile? The west gate. When were you found to be missing? At
1: low six. What can bees, teacher Mason? You already asked that one? It's different. It's not.
2: It is different.
1: Well, the response is exactly the same, isn't it? So, if anything, I think we can all agree that it's a bit ridiculous. To be industrious. It, It means to be industrious. When there's a member of your party in need, I will be there or I will be square.
0: Do you have anything to give in the name of charity? No. Were you deprived of everything prior to entering the lodge?
1: Yes. What time of day did you lose your life? At high noon. How many times have you been buried? Three times. From what were you raised? From a superficial flat to a living sphere. Who raised you? The worshipful master. Where do you stand? I stand on water, black, dark and infinite. What's beneath you? I have no knowledge of what is beneath me.
0: What do you conceal?
1: All of the secrets instructed to me.
0: Where do you conceal them?
1: In a safe repository, neither metal nor wood. Where is this repository? In the pectoral region. How can you smile in the face of death? We have one pass through this world. Any good I can do, any kindness I can show, I will show it. I will smile back. Should you ever meet an owl in distress? I will treat him. I will protect
2: him. Louder? I will treat him. I will protect him. See that you do. Brother Clay, let me congratulate you on leveling. Nest in concert. Amen. What comes next? I want you to know that was almost perfect timing. Cool moves? See what I mean? That would have been pretty sweet if the timing had matched up with your question. Hidden doors and secret passageways are only the beginning. At this level, you'll also get access to our secret
1: bowling alley. The Masonic Lanes. Wait, the Masonic Lanes are real? I'd heard rumours, but I would thought it to be a metaphor for wasteful budgetary spending.
2: Yes, the Masonic Lanes are quite real. As is my league record, 279. Impressive. Now, one day I will regale you with the tale of how I conquered a Greek church. A Greek what? Ah, oh, my apologies, I thought you were a ten-pin man. A Greek church is a four-six-seven-nine-ten split. See, what you do is aim for the six-pin, give it all you've got, and send that cheeky bastard bouncing off the nine-pin. The nine-pin's going to take out his best mate, Mr. Tenner, and they're both going to cross the deck and mix it up with the seven and the four, and before you know it, two hundred and seventy-nine. There's much more to the story, but today isn't about my 10-pin alley excellence. No, today is about the raising of Walter Clay. Come, Walter. It's time for you to take your seat in the
0: East. As Walt and the worshipful Master Mason enter the secret passageway, the wall slides to a close behind them. This next
2: part has never before been written about in any of the official or unofficial Freemason texts. When it comes to the secrets held by our brotherhood, this is one of the juicy ones. You're you're making me nervous. Oh, here, drink this goat blood. It'll help you calm down. What? Just kidding. <laughs> See, we can have fun around here too. Here we have a table. And on this table are five stone rings. Yep. One, two, three, four, five. Uh-huh. Study these rings. Focus on them. But don't just look at them. Establish a connection. And let me know when one speaks to you. I like this one.
1: Oh, yes, but what did it say to you? It says... Hmm. I think the eye here tells me that we should be ever awake to any opportunities of doing good. Mm, What else does it have to say? Anything about gravity or calculus? Well, uh, my ring friend here also says that knowledge is important. It will help us stay grounded, humble, and square. Well, that doesn't sound like him, but okay.
2: (laughs) Walt, I cannot overstate... The importance of this ring and the soul inside it. If this is your final decision, you will need to keep it on you at all times. Never allow the ring to leave your possession,
1: even if
0: for a moment. Walt slides the ring onto his hand.
1: Look at that. It fits. Sort of.
0: It doesn't. The stone ring wiggles loose on Walt's finger. I should
2: probably have it resized. No, Walter, you must never let the ring
0: leave your possession, even for a moment. I was literally just saying that. Were you not listening? The worshipful Master Mason takes Walt by the hand, gripping Walt's knuckle just above the ring. Once you leave this lodge with that ring,
2: it becomes your ward. Do not ever lose it. Walter Clay of 716 Durham Drive, St. Louis, Missouri. Walter Clay, who always sits down to urinate. How did you...? We're the Freemasons. We have our ways. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Walter, you must know that if you lose this ring, we'll be required by Mason Oath to do some pretty disturbing stuff to you. Like what? Well, for starters, we'll chop your toes off. For starters? Yeah. For starters, it gets a whole lot worse from there. Well,
1: I guess I'll be sure not to lose it then. My toes or the ring.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This time I am being serious, though. Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason. Episode three, and everyone clapped. Written and created. By Jeremy Ellis, Starring Matthew Woodcock Jack Carmichael Mike Paul Cornelius Moore Brandon Finch Christian Lawrence Jordan Stillman Gabrielle Adkins Ariel Hack Phil Sherwood Stephen Indrasano Ezra J. Wayne Torian Brackett Claire Gaskell Sox Whitmore Josh Rabino, Abby Espiritu. Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason is a work of serialized fiction. If this is your first time joining us, please go back and start with episode one. I hope you've all enjoyed our trip around the world of Clark Communications. So, are you ready to join the Clark Communications family?
3: okay that never really gets much of a response my name's judith jackson but you can call me judy jj or miss jackson if you're nasty (laughs) (laughs) clap again great fantastic thank you thank you joining us today for your orientation is our very special guest walter clay from human resources Come on up
1: here, Walter. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Walter Clay, but you can call me Walt, or Mr. Clay if you're nasty. (coughs) Okay, uh, how about we just stick with Walt, then? Uh, In front of each of you should be a copy of our handbook. The Clark Communications Code of Conduct, Ethics, No-Nos, and Gray Area Mapping.
3: And I want you to take that handbook and set it to the side because first, we're gonna have some fun. Now, why would you call me up here just to- As you can see, every table has a set of magic markers. This, of course, can only mean one thing. We're gonna make some introduction posters and get to know each other. So come grab a poster board and then take the next half hour or so to draw a poster describing yourself, your family, hobbies, fun stories, prior work experience, Whatever you think of when you think of yourself is what I want to see on that poster. And once we're all done, we're going to go around the room and show off our posters. Even Mr. Clay is going to make one. Yeah, so much fun. Everybody clap. Take a seat, Mr. Clay.
0: Walt takes a seat at a nearby table and reaches for a black marker. In all caps, he confidently writes his name, WALT. Then, Walt, in all caps, spends the next few minutes completely dumbfounded as to what to draw next. He's surrounded by the sound of markers squeaking and scratching against paper, the sound of lives being filled in. Using a blue marker, Walt draws two stick figures and an animal, a parent, a child, and a really shitty picture of a horse. The horse on Walt's poster is named Meow Meow. We'll meet them soon enough. The child in the picture is Walt's daughter, Darby. Your call has been
2: forwarded to an automatic voice
1: message system. This is Derby Clay. You know what to do. Hey, Darbster. It's Dad. Just wanted to remind you about my thing tonight. For the book. I'll uh, um I'll text you the details in case you want to come. <laughs> you used to love to listen to me read stories, right. It'd be just like that. But in a bookstore with strangers. And you'll need to stay awake. <laughs> listen, I'm
4: Welcome to Smallwood Books. Today we're having a sale on romantic cryptid alternate history fiction. Hey dear. Oh, uh Hey Amari. Bad news, we're both going to be stuck closing with Steve tonight. What?
5: No, I thought I was supposed to be doing nothing tonight. (laughs) Right?
4: Same. So, did you watch it, or what? What? The show I was telling you about, Handcuffed at First Sight, did you watch it? No. This season is so, 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 so good. One of the couples is really cute, and they had instant chemistry, so it's fun to watch them, like, fall in love or whatever. Another couple, the girl is an animal dentist or something like that, and the guy grew up in a cult that worshipped seesaws. Welcome to Smallwood Books. Today we're having a sale on romantic cryptid alternate history fiction and- Are you for real? I am for real. Sign me up for some of that. You have made my day. (laughs) No problem. Uh, let me know if you need any help finding anything.
5: It is dead today.
4: Steve's been playing smashed potatoes for the past
1: two hours. I'm on level 26.
4: Wait, level what? Smash
1: them. And lastly, I'm a writer. Uh, My novel is called The Centaur, published by Rope and Hammer.
5: Is it a fantasy novel?
1: I can see why you might think that, because of the title, being the centaur and all, but no, it's, um, you might call it a modern western of sorts. It's a story about a jockey and a gang who will pay dearly for stealing the jockey's horse. Uh, Last thing I'll say is that if any of you are interested in hearing more, I'll be having an official author reading event and book signing tonight at Smallwood Books. I'd love to see you there. Any of you? You're all invited. 7pm. Very cool.
3: Let's all clap for Mr. Clay. Yeah, yeah!
1: Well, you headed out? It's about that time, innit? Hey, what do you got going on tonight? Uh, not a whole lot. Probably just hanging out, watching TV. Why, what's up? Well, my novel just came out and- Hey, congratulations! The one about the jockey and his horse or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's really cool, man. Most people don't follow through on stuff like that. Hard part is over with, that's for sure. (laughs) I have to say, though, it was pretty cool getting to cut open that box from the publisher and seeing my book as, like, a real book. Well, anyway, the reason I brought it up was because I'm having a reading at Smallwood Books and it starts at 7pm tonight if you'd like to
0: come? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll see what I can do, for sure. As long as you don't forget about the rest of us when you're a famous writer.
2: Welcome back to Death Row Has Talent. Today we're going to be discussing the poetry of the
0: shoemaker killer, Joseph Kellinger. You know, Peter, I've been reading some of this, and I've gotta say it's really not that bad. Here, this one's called The Unicorn in the Garden
1: <clears throat> When I was a little boy, my adopted parents killed the unicorn in my garden. The nightingale died too, and the lilacs and the roses perished. I wanted to be an actor, playing with the unicorn in my garden, but they
0: said, you will be a shoemaker like your father.
1: No, I mean my book. What, what do you think of it? Did you read it?
2: on kindle now
1: and i told you it's on the fucking kindle now
2: well i'm getting around to it okay i've been getting really into this space dracula series lately so that's taking up most of my reading time
1: space dracula are you serious you'd rather read space dracula than something your own brother wrote
2: yeah but you're not like an actual writer
1: Uh, there are at least 22 people on amazon who disagree with you
2: right uh, and how many of those reviews are from you? Just three. Ooh, one of those is a negative one-star review, so it's not like you can count that one. Especially when they called you writing beyond unbearable.
1: Evie, you read the one-star reviews for my book, but you won't read my book. What kind of monster are you?
2: <laughs> well, I wanted to see how you were doing.
1: Oh, fuck off. Didn't think to leave me a positive one, maybe balance it out.
2: Now, Walter, that wouldn't be ethical now, would it?
1: This might be the first time I've ever heard you concern yourself with what is or isn't ethical. (laughs) Alright, I'm about to head in. You need to go to sleep.
2: Don't worry about me, my sleep schedule is all kind of fucked up already. Well, break a leg or whatever it is I'm supposed to say.
1: Mortimer's hometown had been lost to the worn-down white fold lines on the map. The creek beds were the first thing to dry up, but they were soon followed by the alcohol, money and opportunities. This was the way of life in
0: Ashford. Within a page, Walt was down to an audience of ten, then five, then three, then one, then none. The silence continued, Until Amari, an employee of Smallwood Books, entered the room and began folding up the chairs.
1: Hey, hold on now. I'm supposed to be having a professional author reading slash book signing in here any minute?
5: Oh, my bad. I just thought that since there was no one in here... I'm still warming up. It's not actually supposed to start for another few minutes. The poster right next to you says 7 to 8, and it's 7.45 p.m. Please, just sit
1: for a moment. And at eight, I'll be finished, and I'll help you clear out all the chairs.
5: You want me to just sit here and listen to you read your book because no one else came?
1: No, that's not it. Then
5: what's happening here?
1: Just sit down. For those first five years, Mortimer was forced to give up on his dream. Even in a world where he thought he'd excel... There were still many better men, all much more fit to ride the horse.
5: Is this one of those sex books?
1: No, there's no sex in this book.
5: No sex at all? Like, not even a romantic subplot. People love reading about other people fucking. Paranormal fucking, mystery fucking, fantasy fucking. Every section of this place is just, you know, romance.
1: I'll give you ten bucks and a free copy of my book if you just sit quietly and listen. Sounds good.
5: Don't worry about the book.
1: Hmm, well then, let me just figure out where I left off. Life as an apprentice jockey tended to drag on and on. The work was hard and isolating, and many times Mortimer questioned whether or not it was worth it. Being this far away from life and still being this far away from the action... How could it be worth it? Suddenly, meow meow, one of the older mares collapsed in the... Can you please get off your phone?
5: I'm listening.
1: Right, then what did I say?
5: Uh, something about... dragons. But I really couldn't tell because you were mumbling.
1: There are no dragons in this book. It's about a jockey, and a horse, and a crime syndicate, and friendship, And and I wasn't mumbling.
5: No sex and no dragons? Who is this book for?
0: Such an innocuous line, but it guts Walt. And for a moment, he doesn't have a response.
1: I... I dedicated years of my life to this book. Do you see this?
5: What? The Centaur by Walter Clay. Are you showing me your name?
1: Well, yes, but it's not just that. It's the foil... The raised impressions. Here, do you see the way the letters pop off the dust jacket? I can feel the raised impression of my own name on my own book, and that title,
5: that's... That's really cool. I get it. You're important, and your horse book is important too.
1: I'm not saying I'm important. What I'm saying is that this story means something to me because it is me. I wrote this. I crafted it with my brain, my fingers, my...
5: And in doing so, you think that makes you important, right?
1: No, not necessarily. But I mean, a little bit, I guess. Maybe to some people. Somewhere.
5: Just not... here.
1: Exactly! Exactly.
5: Can I start folding up these empty chairs now?
1: Hold on, I'll help. This might sound a little weird, but can I ask you to do me one more favour? Ah, there you are. Brilliant.
5: Here you go, Walter Clay. Twelve copies of The Centaur, written by Walter Clay.
1: Thank you. So far, i found this to be the most embarrassing part of being a published writer.
5: Having to buy the unsold copies of your book?
1: Yeah, I mean...
5: <laughs> well... We're about to close.
1: Right. Well, uh, thank you, Amari. Uh, I know I'm a bit awkward, but I do want you to know that I appreciate this favour you've done for me.
5: Hey, Walter. Hold up. Yes? Do I still get a free copy of your book?
1: I just might have an extra copy or two on me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Walt perks up. (laughs) This has made his day.
1: You know what? There we are. Autographed first edition of The Centaur, for free. Thanks again, Amari. Take care. You too, Well.
4: Hey, Amari, hold up. Sure you don't need a ride? I'm good. Really, it's it's not a problem. I'm already giving Steve a ride.
5: Nah, I I appreciate it. But my stop is close and Hey, would you look at that? I've leveled up. What's he doing? That new game,
4: Smashed Potatoes. I already deleted it.
5: Couldn't keep up.
4: I'm not gonna listen to someone leveling up all day while I can't get past the Dirtbox <laughs> level. Well, anyway. Please be careful. Everyone knows the streets of St. Louis are crawling with weirdos.
1: Steve, you are on fire today,
0: my man.
4: <laughs> See what I mean?
0: It's late. The bus is empty. From a few seats back, a strange woman moves to the seat in front of Amari. Once seated, she immediately peers back over the top of the seat at her.
3: By the worst killers of all time, please subscribe to the pod, throw us a rating review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to set up a monthly recurring donation to our Patreon page.
2: I mean, if it would save your people or get a revolutionary achievement, if it would save someone's life or build this movement, you should do whatever you were asked to do. Is that not right? I saw too few amens of that down here in this front
5: section. What the fuck's the matter down here? (laughs) <laughs> hey,
4: boss babe! I wanted to reach out and let you know about this new
5: business opportunity. <clears throat> if you have a minute, I'd love to share some information with you. Um, no thanks. I'm good.
4: Are you sure? You could earn your current yearly salary in a week or more. It's a life-changing opportunity that I'd really hate for you to miss
5: out on. ha 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 ha! I appreciate what you're trying to do, really, I do. Can't knock the hustle, but I need you to just give me some space.
4: <laughs> Not only can I give you space, I can also give you the promise of a better
5: future. Today, <tickle> like I said, I can appreciate the hustle. And that's exactly why I don't want you wasting your energy on me.
4: Well, I appreciate your honesty. I just realized I never got your name.
0: (laughs) We begin our journey surrounded by symbols and strangers. We are all forced to interpret the world within the limits of our own subjective understanding. We all willingly wear a blindfold that was a gift from someone we trusted. Try to keep that in mind as we go along.
2: TikTok. tock goes a cloud. Tip-tip-tip
0: wait for you. Two flat earthers kidnap a Freemason. Written and created by Jeremy Ellett. Actor direction by Danielle Ellett. The opening and closing theme for Two Flat Earthers are both by Glad Rags. Additional music provided by Louis Zong. Special thanks to our associate producers Newt Shoddlecoddy, Daniel Naruta, and Anthony Sigmund Lowry. Be sure to check out our other shows, The Subjective Truth, and The One Stars. If you'd like to help Good Point make more weird audio fiction, then visit patreon.com forward slash goodpoint. If you enjoyed listening to this episode of Two Flat Earthers Kidnapper Freemason, please leave us a rating, review, codex, or riddle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Stay tuned because after today's episode, we'll be bringing you a sneaky preview of another show we love. And as always, if you know the true secrets of the Freemasons, you'd better keep that shit to yourself.
3: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.
5: After all this time... What time is it again? I feel like the clock stopped.
4: Time was a tennis ball we could
3: bat round the court. Time for distraction, too. Time to just sink to the bottom.
0: Time to get to the meat of this meat. Time for Greater Boston Season 4. That's right, on September 13th, Greater Boston returns, with new full-length episodes released every other Tuesday. And we're so excited for you to hear it. But also, it's been three years since our last season wrapped, so... We're maybe a little worried that people might have forgotten about us. So we're asking for you to help spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers and classmates, tell your cat, tell your local subway busker. But politely and without interrupting their performance, point is, now is a good time to share your love for Greater Boston on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram and TikTok and wherever else you, you know, post things. Then come back on September 13th when Greater Boston Season 4 officially begins.